We are continuing this sermon series called Shafts of Light that focuses on the windows in our Malat Chapel. And today I'm going to talk about Corey Tenboom. And I have chosen Psalm 46 to accompany her story. Psalms have been with us for literally millennia, but just recently, a scholar named Robert Alter, who teaches uh, Hebrew and comparative literature at the University of California in Berkeley, offered up this new translation of the Psalms into English, which is really beautiful. Reviewers say that he captures the simplicity, the physicality, and the coiled rhythmic power of the Hebrew restoring the remarkable eloquence of these ancient poems. So here is his translation of Psalm 46. God is a shelter and strength for us, a help in straits readily found. Therefore, we fear not when the earth breaks apart, when mountains collapse into the heart of the sea. Its waters roar and royal mountains heave in its surge. And a stream, its rivulets gladden God's town, the holy dwelling place. God is in its midst. It will not collapse. God helps it as morning breaks. God sends forth holy voice and earth melts. The Lord of armies is with us, a fortress for us, Jacob's God. So go, behold the acts of the Lord who made desolations on earth, caused wars to cease to the ends of the earth. Let go and know that I am God. I loom among nations. I loom upon the earth. The Lord of armies is with us, a fortress for us, Jacob's God. Please pray with me. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be holy and acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Corey Ten Boom, as it turns out, was the first certified female watchmaker in the Netherlands. But I doubt that's why she's in our windows in the Malat Chapel. That superlative soon paled in comparison to her work during the German occupation in her own Dutch town of Harlem. She sheltered and hid and fed and cared for Jewish refugees, asylum seekers, those who were able to escape the Nazi regime through luck or simple twist of fate. So she is an apt hero on Congregational Care Sunday as we seek to offer vital and life-giving mutual care for one another in community. And she is an apt hero on Mother's Day when her heroic sacrifices mirror that of mothers throughout the ages who risked it all to usher life and love into the world. As a Christian, Tenboom holds the title of Righteous Among the Nations, given to the rare non-Jewish individuals who risked their lives to aid Jews during the Holocaust. Slowly at first, and then with growing intensity, Tenboom became immersed in an underground resistance, maybe akin to the Underground Railroad or the Sanctuary Movement, that developed this network of resources 
to usher those whose lives were at stake into safety. Her work as a watchmaker actually became her cover and repair of watches her secret code. A woman's watch is in need of repair, she would say. A man's watch needs a new second hand. A child's watch is now in stock. All code for communicating the urgent needs of women and men and children seeking shelter and safety. Through this quiet but critical network, resistance workers supported one another. One day, a telecom expert came to reconnect the telephone lines that the German invaders had disconnected three years prior. Later, an architect with the resistance came by to install a hiding place, accessible only behind and under a bookcase. It was made of brick. He said, brick is better than wood. It wouldn't echo when the Gestapo came and knocked on the wall. When Ten Boom and her family were ultimately arrested and sent to Ravensbrück concentration camp, four Jews were able to hide behind that brick wall, and all four were spared. When I came across the legacy of Corey Ten Boom, I admit I was a little bit worried. I was skeptical of such a sad story that came with too much of a happy ending. Some of the people that interviewed Corey Ten Boom and told her story seemed almost too joyful when hearing about the horrors that she came through, as if her story were just a means to an end, a saccharine evangelism. There was one interviewer in particular who seemed to me at least cloying and syrupy, schmaltzy, dripping with joy at Corey's story of faith in the midst of hardship. So I was a little bit worried. Happy endings that gloss over the hard stuff don't work for me. But within Ten Boom's own articulation of her struggle, first the resistance and then the concentration camp, it became clear that her trust in God truly did give her strength in time of trouble. And her frantic, ancient, anxious prayers in the middle of the night truly did calm her fears. There's no triumphant God of rescue in Ravensbrook concentration camp where tens of thousands of women died. There's no jubilant Christus Victor when prayers of thanks include things like black fleas and a half portion of gruel. But if you've been through times of suffering, and I know you have, then you know that even the smallest gestures toward hope mean the world. That one ice chip in the hospital that was so soothing, that $20 bill that meant that you could stretch your budget twice as far this week, that weekly friendship after your wife died that made you feel infinitely less lonely. Corey Tenboom was that kind of person of faith, one who could see the hand of God in the smallest, most tender parts of life and find strength, even when she was up against the worst of the worst. And so she pointed to this truth that maybe we've always known, that the way we understand God is powerful. Our theological worldview can change our life. 
For Cory Tenboom, she had been taught by her father's close reading of the Old Testament that if she drew close to the people of Abraham, then God would draw close to her. In other words, her care for the Jewish escapees of the Third Reich was rooted in her understanding of God. Her theological understanding of the world gave her strength to sneak out of the house in the middle of the night, risk her life, and seek help for the unnamed stranger fleeing persecution. Her way of seeing God at work in the world gave her the courage to open her front door and receive another new mother and infant child, shepherding them away to safety. Her religious conviction fortified her resolve as she invited the most medically vulnerable into her home, risking the safety of her sister, her father, her cousins. And if you grew up with Holocaust heroes like this on your bookshelf, like I did, you might start to believe that all Christians in Holland and Poland and Germany made the same risks. But we know that's not the case. For other so-called Christians, their theological convictions were just as powerful and led them to do nothing. Or even worse, they'd perpetuate this falsehood that Jesus was not a Jew at all, that Jesus was some opponent of the Jews, and therefore Christians in Germany were right to celebrate and welcome this Nazi ideology. Last week, Bill Evertsberg said that when you start burning books, you end by burning people, but I wonder if it starts earlier than that, when the Jesus Christ who is preached from the pulpit and prayed to in people's homes is no longer a savior on the side of the oppressed and the poor, but instead a tool of the German state transformed into a partner for injustice. Theology is powerful. So Corey Ten Boom's witness in our windows has the power to echo into our own lives as we wrestle with the struggles of our own day. And Corrie Ten Boom's God, the God of rescue and guidance who was there with her in the deepest of pits, echoes for us across this scripture passage we've already read here today, Psalm 46, as we endure our own hardships and make our way some days braver than others. Psalm 46 tells us that when the world falls apart, when all that we know crumbles, trust God and do not fear. When it seems as if the mountains themselves are rupturing, tumbling into the sea, trust God and do not fear. When illness surrounds you, trust God and do not fear. When there's someone two inches to your left right there beside you and you still feel utterly and miserably alone. Trust God and do not fear. There is no milk toast truth here. This is a deep abiding message of hope that comes from Corey Ten, Ten Boom, who testifies about not saccharine platitudes, but real life experience in the most horrific historical context that has become for us a shorthand for evil personified. Psalm 46 imagines God's voice melting this, the chaos of the world, and halting all wars. It's a psalm that inspired Martin Luther to write, A mighty fortress is our God. 
This psalm admits that the chaos of earthquake and fire and storm and illness and war and injustice and strife are impossibly hard. And yet this psalm, at the same time, envisions a future reality in which peace is universal, not just for us, not just for them, but for all. It imagines God as refuge and strength. It imagines God offering us a sanctuary where streams of water flow on in endless song to gladden the city of God. This psalm envisions God as the one who pauses disorder and ushers in stability. We may only get small glimpses of this imagined future, but we see it. We know it is there. You may recognize this well-known verse from Psalm 46, Be still and know that I am God. Robert Alter's translation says this, Let go and know that I am God. Let go of what? Let go of whatever is the opposite of strength and refuge. Let go of whatever is the opposite of sanctuary. Let go of whatever is the opposite of that endless song that gladdens the city of God. Let go. One commentator goes a step further to suggest that this imperative to be still or to let go is meant to mean desist, as in cease and desist, or maybe even more adequately, drop your weapons. Drop your weapons and know that I am God. Cease and desist and know that I am God. Stop now and know that I am God. This is not your little brother saying, stop it. This is your mother saying, Stop. That's enough. Let go and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Corrie Ten Boom has let go of so much. Her own safety, her own financial security. Ultimately, she lets go of the hands of those she loves most dearly. Her father and her sister who die in or on the way to the concentration camps. But her letting go made a way for that small glimmer of God's vision in the darkest of times. So may we let go too in the ways that God calls us to. We'll know it because God calls us to it. May we see and know that small glimmer of God's deepest hope now and in the days and years ahead. Amen.